Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today morning podcast on the 6th of January, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank. The latest Indiana farm news plus markets and weather coming up brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Coming up today, Eric Pfeiffer on planning ahead for SDS in soybeans. C.J. Miller reporting on corn growers and crop insurance. Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says colder, but it should also be mostly dry in the near term. And the markets yesterday mixed. Soybeans continue to struggle. Mike Silver analysis next on the Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking. What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend, going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We're we not- want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. Corn growers on the farm bill and planning now to get ahead of SDS. I'm Eric Pfeiffer and this is Hoosier Ag Today. The top news story this week has been the new 118th Congress, but it's been about the battle among Republicans to fill the House Speaker position. C.J. Miller reports that with this new Congress, there are concerns about the direction of this year's farm bill which expires in late September. The major push is to make sure that our farmers are made whole with crop insurance. That is the number one uh, key that our farmers are pushing for. And that's Bradley Shad, CEO of Missouri Corn, which is part of the National Corn Growers Association. Shad says his organization and other farm groups are pushing lawmakers to keep them from taking money away from crop insurance programs. They cannot tinker with that. That is our, our most important thing that our farmers use to make sure that they can be made whole because we're, we're dealing with weather and we, we have no control over that. Um, it's out of anybody's hands and uh, so we got to make sure that that crop insurance stays intact at at least uh, its level. There's going to be people that try and take money away from that, but I feel pretty confident that we've got enough of a coalition and, and it's important for food security reasons. He says Another key component of this year's Farm Bill is the Foreign Market Development Program. That gives us opportunities to export our corn overseas. Uh, We have offices uh, around the world with our partners with U.S. Grains Council. That funding is very important. We need that to expand because of all the trade issues that are going on. We're also looking at conservation programs, making sure that we're doing environmentally sustainable and making sure that we have the ability to use those programs to better our environmental footprint and our carbon footprint uh, across the board. Shad recommends that every farmer get involved so that lawmakers understand what's at stake with this year's farm bill reach out to your membership associations and make sure that you're a part of that to where they have contacts out there in dc that they're talking with regularly 
Uh, if you've got a personal relationship uh, with your congressperson, reach out to them. Make sure that they know how important the Farm Bill is and getting that passed. And so all I can say is just get involved with your association because the more voices we have together, the better off we're going to be. Read more about the priorities that the National Corn Growers Association have for this year's federal Farm Bill at ncga.com. I'm C.J. Miller. All right, C.J., thanks. Sudden death syndrome is one of the top yield-robbing soybean diseases. Blake Miller, an agronomic service representative with Syngenta, says growers need to be planning ahead now for SDS to get off on the right foot, and planning ahead starts with looking back. What were my fields like the last time they were in a soybean rotation? Did I have SDS in those fields? And then if I did, then I start to frame out that plan around variety selection is absolutely critical. The varieties themselves need to have internal defense, if you will, against SDS. They need to be a good soybean cyst nematode bean because there's really causality between those two things. Having cyst and SDS, the cyst nematodes kind of exacerbate the expression of the SDS if you will, or infection rather. Those are really the keys. So understanding what the pressure of sudden death syndrome was like in my field and then choosing genetics. And then finally marrying the genetic defense with uh, a seed care product like our Saltro fungicide. Miller says another factor to consider is the timing of soybean planting. Soybeans are being planted earlier than ever, especially in the Midwest. I'm in central Illinois. And in that environment in itself, cold, wet soil, follow suit with infection rates of the fusarium to the soybean. So in order to keep planting earlier, which is driving up yields, you need to protect with something like Saltro fungicide as well. Find this story at HoosierAgToday.com and read more about what seed treatments Miller recommends to go along with Saltro fungicide. And he reminds you to always read and follow label instructions. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. Overall here, we're looking at a drier forecast ahead of you. Right now, both of our upcoming weather systems that we had been tracking and watching are diving farther south. So that's good news on one hand. We're going to be able to see the moisture that we received recently, the last two systems, soak down through and not have to deal with over-the-top excessive moisture. So that's good. The bad news is if systems this time of year are passing to our south, it's because there's more of a north flow pattern or there's this something that's blocking the pattern from coming across our region. In this case, it is Canadian high pressure most of next week that blocks our next week system and pushes it farther south. So that means we're also going to be a little bit cooler here than maybe some of us would like. But remember, it is January after all, so we shouldn't get too worked up over the fact that it's a little bit cool. Let's kind of talk through this. Here's what's going on. As we move through today, we're looking again at a mix of clouds and sunshine, fairly significant uh, push in temperatures to our south as they come together with a weather system, but we're near normal here across the state today. Clouds and sunshine. Clouds and sunshine tomorrow. Rain's passing over Tennessee, southern Kentucky, and into the deep south. Uh, So I think that we may see some clouds over southern Indiana, but not a lot of moisture. On Sunday, we're looking at a mostly sunny sky as well. Monday through Friday of next week, mostly dry. We're watching that system come out of the Central Plains Wednesday, Thursday. I think, again, it can throw some clouds over southern Indiana probably Thursday afternoon and early Friday, but I'm not looking at moisture right now. Temperatures stay below normal for most of next week. I want to talk about the extended 11 to 16-day forecast window a little bit because it looks like, to me, about the western two-thirds of the country will be underneath 
underneath an exceptional warm upper level ridge. And I think that's going to try and expand here through the 16th, uh, 17th, 18th and beyond. So I'm looking for us to see some significant temperature moderation after the 15th of January. I just don't think we see much away from normal and maybe even a little bit below normal in our temperatures between now and the 15th. That's a look at your forecast update. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. Mixed markets, but we continue trading in a mostly lower environment. This is Who's Your Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Thursday Market Review. It's brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct, big enough to get the top corn and soybean genetics you want and small enough to care about you. More at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. We'll review the numbers coming up, but first, market analysis. I secured that right near the end of trade from Mike Silver at Kokomo Grain. Mike, it's been a dogfight in the new year for corn, soybean, and wheat markets to find some higher territory, even in overnight sessions. And the sell-off continued on Thursday. Soybeans leading the way down, corn and wheat fighting right around even to work higher. You're right, Andy. We have not started the year off in the grain markets for sure. And mostly in, in all of our equity markets uh, at a very good pace. Um, there, are, there are several things going on, obviously. Um, one of the things is the fact that there are global macroeconomic concerns. And by global, I do mean global. Um, and China seems to be the epicenter of that as they continue to battle a very, very uh, extreme COVID situation with growing outbreaks and loss of life and slowdown in their economy. And and, and and basically, it's like falling dominoes. It's not only in China, but it's, it's occurring in other countries in the world. Um, we're not getting any help, really, from uh, the Fed in some of the comments that are being made and some of the expectations in terms of um, limiting the, the interest rate increases or alleviating recession um, fears. Uh, seems to be quite the contrary here the first five days of, of this new year that uh, those economic global economic concerns continue and of course our in in the grain fundamental side of things uh, we're in a demand-led market right now um, we'll get the update a week from today noon a week from today uh, from USDA in the final uh, 22 um, WASDE report um, and that could set the pace for how we break out of what we are now in kind of a, a downward sloping sideways trading program, uh, trading pattern right now. We'll see what USDA has to say a week from today. Uh, we're also, you know, going to pay some attention tomorrow to what the Fed has to say in some jobless numbers. Um, and we get export sales tomorrow too, delay today because of the, the holiday uh, Monday. Um, but you're right. Uh, from our last close on Friday right now, we're not getting much help. Uh, South American weather is still very much in play. Uh, it looks like uh, there are some scattered rainfall events uh, across South America. Uh, Argentina is more of a concern right now than Brazil. Um, and there's a general expectation that the Brazilian soybean harvest uh, quite possibly could make up for any shortfall in what Argentina is able to produce. But 
that's a developing story, and certainly Mother Nature has a lot of cards to play before the die is cast in that regard. We did get some ethanol production numbers from the EIA uh, out released today, a day late, because again, because of the holiday. Corn use to make ethanol last week was down 12 million bushel from the week before, and average daily production of ethanol, obviously with less corn use, was down. So uh, that's not good on the ethanol front in terms of corn usage. Uh, we lag our corn export program, uh, the pace that we need to meet the USDA expectations. Uh, so, so that's a concern. And, of course, we have the ongoing battle between the Ukraine and Russia, or Russia the aggressor and Ukraine the defender. There are very limited, if any, vessels uh, getting in or to or out of those Ukrainian ports right now. Uh, I was reading some intelligence a little while ago that insurers are very reluctant right now with the ongoing battles uh, to insure those vessels, either inbound or outbound, uh, to carry that uh, Ukrainian corn and wheat out of those facilities uh, into the, the world global trading market. The hope would be that the U.S. would be able to pick up some of that market share uh, and fulfill some global grain buyers' needs, especially in the corn market, with some exports out of the U.S. here. But um, Putin, you know, says that uh, he's amenable to peace talks, if you will, but yet his demands from the Ukrainian government and the Ukrainian people um, look pretty... Um, pretty lofty for there to be any short-term resolution to that conflict. So, Andy, um, we'll just hope that we can see from from this decline in price, we'll look for maybe a little bit of a, a golden cloud out of it. Perhaps with the decline in prices, we'll see some world buyers step into the market, and maybe we'll see some flash export sales uh, tomorrow morning. Um I don't have high expectations for what our weekly export sales numbers will be, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to see some of that. Um, in terms of, of the relative level of price right now, uh, corn price, obviously we talked about how, how much lower we are today than, than we were last Friday, and the same is true in soybeans. But from a historical perspective, uh, the prices are still good from a historical perspective. So what I've been encouraging people who ask me, uh, what should I do with this fall in prices? My advice has been get some open offers in place above the market. If you're not a willing seller now, drive a stake in the ground, though, as to where you are a willing seller. Get those offers in the market, and if we can see some upward price action, and we will. We will at some point in time. I wish I could say when. But uh, I can't because obviously there are so many factors in play. But uh, get some uh, pricing offers in at your selling price for both the old crop and be alert for opportunities uh, in new crop corn and soybeans to get some some sales uh, on the books for the crop that we'll be putting in the ground uh, just several months from now. So focus now will be to watch South American weather. Uh, watch the geopolitical situation, the macroeconomic factors, and obviously next Thursday at noon, 
what USDA will come out with in terms of numbers. Mike Silver, Kokomo Grain. Get Mike on the phone at 800-666-0613. On the Hat Farm Market Review, the Thursday settlements a penny lower on March corn, 652 and three quarters. May 652 and a half, a penny and a half down. And over a dime down in beans, January sells off 11 and a half cents, dipping to 466 and three quarters. March goes to 1470 and three quarters off 12 and three quarters but up just a bit in wheat a penny and a quarter up on march at 746 and three quarters livestock mostly down february live cattle 157.35 up seven cents deferred contracts all quietly down february lean hogs though a dollar 55 lower 82.52 i'm andy eubank with the thursday market review this is who's your ag today indiana's leading farm radio network